to all of our podcast listeners, we appreciate your support and for continuing to tune in through Spotify, Apple, or any other podcast platform. Just want to let you guys know that we are now posting content on YouTube where episodes will be accompanied by visuals. So please check us out on YouTube under the channel name Into the West Podcast when you have a moment. And uh, consider subscribing for more content and hope you like the visuals on YouTube. Welcome to Into the West, a Middle Earth SVG podcast where we discuss the competitive side of the game. Uh, my name is Charles and I'm with Richard here today. We're introducing a new segment. It is the tier list segment. So uh, today's topic will be Gondor at War Supplement. And as everyone knows, Gondor at War came out at the start of this current edition in early 2019. So it's Coming up to three years now at the time of recording, we'll be ranking the eight legendary legions from the book. And it'll be interesting to see how they are now compared to when they were released. And we'll be tiering them from S tier down all the way down to meme tier. Yeah, here is the eight legendary legion. So just keep in mind that these ones are, I think, the fir very first legendary legions that we ever received yeah so um you know th this was a new concept at the time before this we were all playing the alliance matrix so either alliances or peer lists so this is this was a brand new idea and i remember when it first came out people were really excited to try them and um you know i, I remember there was one tournament right after this book came out where Legendary Legions was like a huge portion of the roster. Everyone wanted to try these. Um, Rangers of Thillian was one of the ones that was talked about the most uh, when it came out, especially at low points, right? Yeah, I think people were excited to see an all-shooting army. Uh, at the time, as funny as it sounds, people thought shooting was not a viable competitive strategy. And... I think a lot of people were like, oh, I've always wanted to do something like this. And, you know, perhaps we spoke too soon. <laughs> yeah, at the time, I think the only thing you could have done really was an all Merkwood Ranger army, but you couldn't get the numbers in because they were just so expensive. But this allowed you to, uh, even at four or 500 points, you could get close to 30 or more than 30 bow shots. And um, I think people quickly realized that playing against shooting was like shooting like this was not very, not very fun. Uh, well, it, it's, it's fun for some players playing it, but it's never fun for the opponent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it became so, so big in the meta that, um, you know, people were were um, considering this legion to be filth, which was funny at the time because the whole point of legendary legions when they were introduced was to add theme to to your uh, games, and this was seen as a really filthy list at low points. And uh, I remember running this in a small four hundred point tournament, and or maybe it was three hundred fifty points, and it was it, it was devastating to my opponents. Uh, the only game in that tournament that I struggled against was another Rangers of the Thillian. Um, 
recently though um it hasn't been talked about as much and i think that's mostly due to uh faq uh change about a year ago where um you now have to take photo sam and Gollum uh, in when you take this legion and the three of them add up to like close to 100 and must be close to 150 points or something like that um they're pretty expensive and at low points is where this legion is strong at so are they still competitive maybe at a little higher level or um or like how how would you say they tier in terms of competitiveness at, at this time well i think it was never really really good or it wasn't as devastating at high points even pre-faq because of the answers because when it comes up against blinding light and like elven bows it gets outshot um and or if it comes up against an army with a lot of marches that can close the distance with d6 it doesn't do as well um so it because it always shined at lower points and the faq essentially took out the 100 points worth of bows you know having to put it towards the heroes i think there is maybe a little bit of uh, room for them in like the not quite low points but not quite high points segment but i i think the reason why we don't see it as much or almost at all anymore is because i think a lot of people have that psychological thing where you know if <laughs> if an army is nerfed or a model is nerfed they just don't want to play it competitively anymore so it Honestly, I never played that army, so I don't really, I haven't really tried um, before and after and see if it really has changed that much. Right. Uh, I, I do agree with you that at midpoints, there might be um, a reason to take this Legion. Your biggest hero, Faramir, is a mid-tier hero. You know, we, we've talked about it in a previous episode on him where uh, he's a decent leader. Um, it's just the army is lacking so many things, right? Most of your army is going to be defense four rangers. And once the enemy can get up close, um, you know, especially against strength four armies, you're going to fall apart really quickly. But um, if you were to stick with the same 30, 35 bows and then just add on 150 points for Frodo and Sam and Gollum, um, that would put you at about 500, 600 points. I could see this still uh, winning some games and, uh, still like beating some opponents just by build order ju just by having so many bows and and um certain armies not having any counter to it um so i would actually i would put it in b tier personally yeah yeah i think if we're gonna go uh, by definition s tier is like you know people see at that tournament and they instantly know you're a try hard <laughs> you're you're not messing around. A tier is like, I think you can definitely win the tournament and it's like, it's one of those top lists, very competitive, but maybe you're not min-maxing and it's not, you know, the hyper-competitiveness that the S is. And then B, I think it's, I think I agree with you. It's, um, it's very playable. Um, it's gonna win some games at a tournament, but by no means is it a fa tournament favorite. C, I think is usually just starting to become under optimized. You're you're going to be the underdog in most matchups, 
And then meme is, yeah, you're doing it for the theme, you're doing it for the love of the game, uh, or whatever other reason, you know? So I, I think I would agree with you that we can put um, Rangers of Hithelian as of right now in B. I think even pre-FAQ, I wouldn't have put them in S on this list just because of their weakness of not being um, dominant at high points even before the nerf. Um, it would have been the absolute competitive, you know, top tier in low points, but because it's not, you know, good at everything, then I think it went down from an A to a B. I agree with that completely. All right, should we go on to the next one? Yeah, so to so the next legion that we received in the book is the Grey Company. Uh, so this list, I I also saw quite a bit, but um, I would say mostly from more um, thematic players. Uh, I went to Ontario uh, for a tournament and then also some local um, tournaments, and, and I see it here and there. Uh, I played it a few times, and and I, I do think that it has uh, some competitive potential, which is kind of surprising because um you know it's it, it feels really similar to the rangers list and the rangers list isn't um seen as like a super competitive army because you have to take strider it it kind of doesn't work at low points because every single model like the cheapest model in the list is 30 points right and then you also want to get the banner of even star in there because it's so good so you're, you're, I, I feel like the minimum points value that you can actually play this list at would be like 600 or I can't see it going below 500. It would be very hard to play. We've talked about this in our play styles open topic where it's like a, it's like a skirmishy kind of list where you have to micro and, um, you know, try to position every single model really well. It's not an, it's not an easy to play army at all. Mm-hmm. And, and I also think that all hero lists, I think, for the most part, are hard to become hyper competitive. Um, and I think part of the reason is because for them to do so, sometimes it makes things unfun. <laughs> like, there are legendary legions that we're not going to talk about today, like Black Riders and White Council, that at a certain point in time, they were crazy competitive. Uh, but you had to play them in a certain way that is not necessarily fun. So I think that's why I think maybe Games Workshop doesn't try to make rules like that in that way. Um, so in my opinion, the the special rules for this Legendary Legion are not the greatest. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily worth it. Like Aragorn getting a free Enduril. There's some standfast special rules, woodland creature, like those are nice, but those are all nice to haves. And it doesn't necessarily make up the fact that you're playing an all hero list. You know, like if you look at the breaking of the fellowship, the white council, like they have, they just have special rules for days. Yeah, yeah, I, I I definitely agree with that. Although, although I think there is a third rule that uh, is in the 
technically not a bonus, but it, it it's kind of added on, and that is that you can have Eladan and Elro here in the list, where um, now that they're Heroes of Fortitude, you wouldn't be able to make this list normally. So um, being act having access to those two cheap hitters is nice. Um, but yeah, it doesn't give enough. Like the the Rangers, even though they're uh, they get the extra attack and the reroll from the banner, they're still fight four. But I I do think that you can win some games with them. Like I played a few casual games with them at 800 points. I beat like a 55 model mortal army a few times. So yeah, but like like you said at the beginning, where it's an all hero army. It's also really, it also means that it's really uh, weak against like siege weapons, which is currently the meta. So, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of things that this list would just have no protection against. Like, it doesn't have blinding light uh, either, right? And it just only really has one playstyle. You shoot as much as you can in the beginning because uh, you're low in model count. You want to even out the numbers, you burn. The might on your rangers to kill as many things as you can and then you fight them up close and uh, you know sometimes that's that that'll work against certain uh lists but i think there are a lot of lists that can uh, deal with that um so what what are you thinking a c on this one yeah I, it felt like you were trying to maybe lean it towards a b which you can maybe argue uh, lower on the b list but i think personally i would go with a c Sounds good. Okay, so the next one is the Return of the King. Uh, this one is another Aragorn Legolas and Gimli Legendary Legion. I might say this could be, arguably, this one and the following one is the most popular Legendary Legion that I've seen in this book. Yeah, yeah, and... With this one, I think the reason is because of how easy to collect it is. It's it's like a completely plastic army. When it first came out, the starter set had Army of the Dead in it, and you don't need a lot of models, right? It's it's um it's an, it's another expensive low model count army, um, mm -hmm. and yeah, it's just it's great for beginners, and I think that's why we saw it at tournaments so much. Um, I do think that it, it can also be competitive. It has some clear weaknesses, but uh, I do think that the heroes that you have are not bad. And in the hands of a skill player, you can do some pretty scary combos, especially with all the heroic actions that Aragorn has access to. And um, also, I think uh, having Deadly Shot in there, having uh, King of the Dead's Drain Soul, you have quite a few tools. It just... They're all on foot and, you know, not necessarily like the ideal kind of outfits that you have for heroes, but like they're all they're all pretty good heroes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, like you said, I think I agree with you. This is a really beginner friendly list. Like you have tough defense on all your warrior models. And if they win the fight, a lot of the times they're killing because they're striking at courage and your heroes are just really solid. So it's kind of hard to screw up. I think the only thing is uh, Aragorn being the leader and he's defense five. And I think he's also a surprisingly challenging hero to use at times. I think some 
beginner players might think he's easy because he's three attack, three wounds, three might, three will, three fate. But, you know, the free might a turn, you know, allows you to make a lot of different decisions. And I think that's what separates like a good player controlling Aragorn versus a more green player. This one I think is a bit tough. Um, I almost want to give it an A. I think maybe it is an A. Uh, definitely when it first came out, I think, and people were still getting used to dealing with it, and they were surprised at how hard it hits and, and being so tough. I think it was an A, but do you, do you still think it's an A at this point? I haven't seen it in a while, uh, and I can't comment as like a player because I've never brought it to a tournament, but uh, I'll admit that I've lost a few games against this Legion, so um, I, I know I know it has... I know it has some competitive viability, um, although I can't really explain why currently it's uh, have, uh, it's not seen as much. Like I think our last two big tournaments that we went to, I don't remember seeing any. Like maybe one, um, and the and these are tournaments of like at least fifty people. So uh, I'll give it I'll give it an A uh, just because I do still see a, a very good reason to take it, and there hasn't. There hasn't been any like things that's popped up in the meta that's like okay, you definitely don't want to take Return of the King after this. You know, I I still I still think it's it's pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. I I think having played it a couple of times, the reason for me is if you're a veteran player, I think you get maybe tired of the play style quite quickly. There there's not that many ways to play it. So, uh, but but yeah, I think I'm okay with giving it like maybe a an A on the lower end. Okay, the next one. This one can be a bit controversial. Rise of Theoden. <laughs> so this Legion was everywhere, just like Return of the King when it came out, and uh, I don't know if it's for the same reason. I know a lot of people love. Charge of the Rohirrim from the movies, and um, you know, you see the first time uh, after they came out and went to Depticon, you just see, you know, just heard people yelling death like up and down the gaming hall. You know, people love bringing this list for theme, but um, I also have seen it on podium a few times, so I think this was definitely a really strong list. Uh, there is one major nerf that it had, and that was Gambling's Banner. Um, reduced <laughs> reduced from uh, one might per hero that it can give within three inches to only one hero. And that was a big hit, I think. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, I think we all agree before that FAQ, it was firmly in S tier. Uh, most people would say it was a, a very competitive list, list even if you didn't play it or you thought there were weaknesses it's just it's just incredibly strong uh you know i i hear people being able to use 20 plus might in a single game that's just ridiculous it, there's no other list that can keep up with that level of might 
So I do think that nerf was, or a nerf was necessary, but did they go too far? I don't necessarily know. I, I will say that we do still see it once in a while here and there, and it's not completely dead. Yeah, uh, although I think it's, when you do see it, it's mostly for thematic reasons, because the the optimized version is hero heavy and royal guard heavy, and um, the the few times I've seen it, the last year or year and a half has been like just your standard themey, you know, riders of Rohan kind of build. So, um, I it, I think it's interesting that this legion only has pretty much one special rule, right? It's it just has the the death rule once a game, and that wasn't the one that got nerfed that it, it was a profile in the legion so i thought that was pretty interesting so personally i probably would have just nerfed that rule um and kept gambling the way he is because uh i haven't seen gambling all that much since and and uh he's in a few other legions and i think there's very few times where he's like an auto include anymore so uh i think that I do think that they might have gone a little too far, but that's just my personal opinion. Uh, mm -hmm. I know people, there are people out there that are super frustrated playing against this Legion back in the day that probably disagree with me. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I will say that looking at the international meta and results from other parts of the world, I think it was probably more prevalent and maybe a bit more toxic um elsewhere in our local scene and and the adjacent tournaments they don't seem as prevalent i don't think there were as many rohan players as maybe elsewhere too so maybe that's what made us think that the nerf wasn't you know particularly necessary that's true that's true um would you still say that it's pretty competitive I still think it's pretty solid. Uh, but hey, well, in our latest tournament, the Clash on the Coast, a very big and competitive tournament, I think one of the, uh, I think second place brought uh, Riders of Theoden. So I think that kind of shows that, you know, it can still yield some pretty good results. I, I would. I would give it an A, but I would be okay with a B as well. Okay. I think I think I would give it an A. And I think I would even put this slightly ahead of the uh the the men of the dead. I yeah, I, I can agree with you on that. I think uh it has a few more tricks up its sleeve and their higher skill ceiling, um, but also just more more tools as well so okay the next legion straight to s tier we have the best legion ever men of the west why we never see this <laughs> it's Don't too know. good it's bad from all tournaments <laughs> so uh the the one good thing i can say about this legion is i like the idea of it you know it's like uh, Gondor and Rohan all on foot with some like other heroes sprinkled in there and trying to like um, 
these like this group of good heroes making like the last stand against Mordor, but I I don't think that there's any synergy in here, and that's why the list doesn't work. Like you have um, three or four alliances in here: Fiefdoms, Minas Tirith, Rohan, and then like the two um, Elven twins. But there's no um, like you lose all their army bonuses, you lose all their mounts, and what you get is a fearless bubble and plus one fight for one turn. Uh, there's there's just I don't think there's a way you can make it work to make losing all those army bonuses worth it. So just to correct you a little bit, it's not a courage bubble, it's battlefield wide, but while Aragorn is still alive, but I don't think that is good enough either. It's a fearless bubble, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think it's worth giving up so many bonuses and all the horses that you have available in, in the heroes for for that buff. Yeah, it's just not good enough. Um, all A lot of these heroes, like, you can even argue that Aragorn, King Elisar, mounted, it's hard to get his points back. And you're going to put him on foot and... You don't make them more tilly or more cost efficient. It's just, yeah. And then Gandalf as well. Um, Those are two very, two heroes that are very hard to make their points back in if you're not, like, if you don't know what you're doing. And I think putting them on foot just makes it next to impossible, I would say, to make your points back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And since you have to take LSR, you kind of already feel like you're starting off, like, behind when you're building yeah. your list. Yeah. yeah, and and this one is probably near impossible to play at low points because there's literally no point. And then at high points, sure, you can take a few more heroes, but it's still not good. Um, I think this one is constantly in the discussion of whether it's the worst legendary legion. Um, of course, there's some meme ones like Sharky's Rogues and whatever, but <laughs> this one, this one um, is a very good... Um, contention, and I don't think there needs to be much argument here. Definitely meme tier. I think in order to fix this list to make it viable, like even like as a B or C, it needs a significant buff. It, like it needs to be um, re rewritten. I think. Okay, so the next legion we have the army of Gothmog. What do you think? This is a classic. Uh, I know that in previous episodes, for listeners who I've listened uh, in the past, uh, we're not huge fans of this Legion, but I still see them. I still see it at tournaments. I still see like one at every large tournament that I go to, sometimes two. And uh, maybe it's the theme because, um, you know, who doesn't want to run an army, uh, you know, re reenacting the huge Mordor army outside of Minas Tirith? Um, I think it's got some pretty cool orc heroes in it, but what is kind of a turnoff for me is how many restrictions you have from a regular Mordor army for relatively small buffs to the list, right? Like you, you don't have black Nunorians, you don't have any ring rays in there, um, and you don't have like Shelob, you're missing a whole bunch of different uh, other heroes, and in exchange you have... Gothmog's men-hating sort of buffs being increased, and then he can stand fast heroes, and then he becomes like a hero legend. I, I, I don't know if there's anything else other than that. Yeah. 
But but I will say, like in comparison to something like Men of the West, the options given, yes, you are limited, but you can still build a pretty solid, like beefy Mordor line that is pretty playable. Like you can't really go wrong. And the heroes that you get, like you know, Gothmog, Gor- Goroth, Guritz, like Zagdouche, these are all playable. And then the minor heroes, yeah, shamans and you know, more catapult you can go. So as long as you don't take the siege bow, right? Like yeah. you you have enough options to build like in my opinion, maybe a bit boring, because uh, there's just not much other from orcs. But I mean if you like the theme and I think you can build a really solid, well-rounded force. I, I mean, like one of the other hosts here, like Alexander Kenny, like he he definitely runs this one a lot, and you know, he he has uh, pretty solid results at tournaments. Yeah, I I think that's thanks to how good of a list the Mordor army is. That even when you take away so many restrictions, it's still good. And um, I think that the Legion primarily focuses on, like, countering the men keyword, which you've uh, expressed in previous episodes that you don't really, you know, you don't really like that when you have to pay for, like, buff against a specific keyword. And this one is kind of doing that. But um, you are still getting, like, really good profiles from the Mordor army. So to me, it's like a, it's like playing Mordor, but with restrictions. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it feels bad for both players. If you're a man <laughs> army and you come up against the army of Gothmog, you're like, oh, what a waste. <laughs> and then, you know, when you're army of Gothmog and you don't come up against a man army, you're like, what am I doing here? <laughs> um, so I think this is as B as a guess for me. I don't know. What do you think? I, I agree. I think, I think uh, the Mordor catapult being in the list really bumps it up to a B. Otherwise, I would be going C on this one. It's pretty one-dimensional, and uh, it, it you're losing a lot of good options for Mordor. But I think the catapult makes it a B. Would you go before or after Rangers of Athelion? See, the I haven't seen the Rangers after the nerf, so. I still see Army of Gothmog, so maybe I would give the edge to Army of Gothmog. I think so, too. All right, the next one, Grand Army of the South. This is definitely a legion, you know, that I hate coming up against. Doesn't necessarily mean it's S-tier, but just... <laughs> it's one yeah. of those lists. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a certain anxiety or, like strange feeling that you have when you have to fight a Mumak because no matter how good of a player you are there is a chance where um the Mumak's just going to win the heroic move off and then just run all over your entire battle line and with the Mumak war leader in this list that chance goes up because he has a rule where he can he can cancel your heroic move uh which makes, makes it super scary um the the main restriction to this list is you have to take a Mumak. And so you only would be able to really do it above, like, I would only want to consider taking this, like, above, like, six or 700. Because uh, mm-hmm. 
Suleiman's also in the list, and I think it's better if you take both. Um, the the few times I play this Legion, I have taken both, and it's kind of a mix of uh, Far Harad and Serpent Horde, and I think I think the specials in this list are pretty good. Like the one where your leader gets free heroics, that one's a little bit niche, but the buffs to the Mumak are kind of nice, and also just the the war leader. I think this is the best way to play the war leader. He's just a really good profile, and um, I think playing him in this legion is better than playing him in a normal Farharad list, just because you have access to uh, you know some other stuff from Serpent Horde. So uh, I don't know. I've seen it podium once, and other than that, you know, you don't see it a lot, but that might be because of points value, but I, I like this one. Yeah, it's always hard for me because when you involve a Mumak, it's, to me, it's kind of cheesy and nothing wrong, nothing wrong with cheesing, you know, but it just feels like it comes down to the scenario that you're playing for these kind of lists, similar to like all hero. So personally, I wouldn't be able to give it an S or an A because I just feel like there's too many auto-lose scenarios and even maybe some matchups. So, yeah. but yeah, I do recognize that it does have a lot of potential and it can be incredibly scary. The issue with playing competitively with a Mumak is you have to gamble a little bit, right? Because depending on the the community... The terrain might not be uh, very advantageous to you. Like if if you go on top table and I think this happened at TGX where uh, um, Devin Moreno was playing a Grand Army of the South uh, at the final game, and there were like ruins that prevent the Mumak from walking through, and uh, he he just like Devin just ended up beating him because the Mumak couldn't do what it was supposed to do, and so like. Um, you have to you have to bank on the terrain being right and that that's that's what's really hard when it comes to uh being competitive with the Mumak and also just your leader sitting in the front and being completely vulnerable to magic and shooting um that, that that's like the that's like the target that every archer on your opponent's army is going to focus on so um I'll go with a B. Uh, that's, I think that's a really good spot for it because I can see it doing really well as well if your enemy doesn't have the counters to a war leader. Uh, a war leader is just a really solid profile. Yeah, I think I would stick it in between Gothbog and the Rangers. Our last one. The Black Gate opens. So this one is. Would you say that you you still still see it, or you see it now less than when it came out? I have seen it a couple times. Definitely less than when it first came out. I think obviously when it first came out, all these ones were way more popular because we only had the eight, eight legions and. Everyone was like, oh, new toys. But <laughs> this one is definitely much stronger at lower points. 
it doesn't it doesn't scale at all to larger points. I've heard of people playing it higher. So, you know, if any of the audience disagrees with us, let us know. But I don't think I don't think this should be played above honestly 600 points. It's probably best at like 400. You played against a um Black Gate opens at uh, a tournament in the summer, right? And that was 800 points. Yeah, and I crushed it. <laughs> yeah. You it just you don't have access to Fury and the buffs on your troll chieftain is only on the first troll chieftain and so um I think the army works the best when when you're at low points where there isn't as much terror and your troll chieftain can do more because, you know, there are less models on the table. So I think I agree with you. It doesn't scale. Yeah. The heroes as well. Like um, you have Malthusaron, and then uh, if you consider the troll chieftain as like a named kind of a named superhero because of the the bonus, that's only two. And then you know once you take them and you fill out their warband spots, it's essentially just going to be four captains throughout and you know we all know how competitive spamming only captains are you know <laughs> maybe 10 10 editions ago yeah yeah uh, not not great you know when i first uh when i first saw the legion i was disappointed that they didn't have taskmasters because um they were in the movie in, in the black gate scene and i thought that would be a really really nice addition you know to add to the list like at least give it a couple more hero options but yeah as of right now it's it's just orcs and orc captains so um i th I, th I think this one is also a be we need to weigh it a little bit of it being like pretty decent at low points i think um but yeah what do you think about it be yeah, I like it. I actually, you know, played it a couple times when it first came out, and I think it was very exciting because back then there wasn't as many plus one to wound bonuses. Now, you know, everyone has plus one to wound bonuses. If you don't, then, you know, you're not competitive. Uh, so I think it has some nice bonuses, like, you know, giving your your troll chieftain extra like heroic stats and plus one to wound that is not super difficult to get. I think those are really, really solid bonuses. So yeah, I I would have to give it a B. I, I would even say though, if we're talking about just strictly low points, I would say this this Legion is still an A in the current meta. Under 500 and under, it would be an A for me. But overall, because it just, you know, is not competitive at, you know, like an 800-point game that, you know, that dominates our local scene meta as well, right? I can't, I can't give it too high of a score. So, yeah, I agree. I agree with the B rating, but where would you put it on our current scale here? in relation to these other well, three. Considering that it was still considered good when Rangers of Athelion was at its prime, that's that's saying something. <laughs> uh, I'm 
I'm thinking it would be either before or after Grand Army of the South. Because at least Army of Gothamog, you can play it at all points levels. Would you agree with that? Of it being behind Army of Gothamog? Yes, I think so. Army of Gothamog is more versatile, even though I think the the bonuses are probably not as good. But Grand Army of the South, I guess it's the reverse, that you can only play it at large points. Yeah. So, these two are pretty much tied, I think. Okay, we'll give it a tie. So, this has been our ranking of all eight Gondor War Legions. Uh, please let us know what you think of our, our tiers and uh, let, let us know if you agree with them or disagree. Thank you all for listening and look forward to the next episode of Into the West podcast.